Hello there, I am Kid Champagne, and this is... Prime Time. And this is another special edition of Electrifying RKO. RKO. That's right. And this is post-game on the road series. We were just at Yankee Stadium where the Yankees faced the Seattle Mariners in a classic matchup. And a great pitcher's duel tonight. Oh, did we see a beauty tonight, didn't we, Prime Time? Absolutely. You had Garrett Cole, Yankees ace, going up against the young pitcher from Seattle who's had the best walk rate in all of Major League Baseball this year. But the Yankees were able to get the win based off of a very timely home run by Billy McKinney, which stretched the lead out to three, in which the Seattle Mariners could not keep up with after Garrett Cole held them to one earned run throughout seven innings. And then Clay, Clay Holmes came in and sealed it off for the rest of the night in the eighth and the ninth. It was a classic. I just love a Yankees win when I go to Yankee Stadium. It doesn't matter who they face. I just love to see them win. And let's hope that and let's just hope that they put themselves back together. They need to keep playing how they did tonight. With, at, with their captain out on injury. They just have to. they got to find ways to win. What do you think about that, Prime Time? Yes. Sadly, Judd, Aaron Judge was not able to play today. So, like Kid Champagne mentioned, they have to find ways to win without Aaron Judge being, being able to supply that firepower to the Yankees lineup. However, they were able to make it out this time thanks mainly to the pitching brilliance of Garrett Cole and some timely hitting by the Yankees batters involved in the lineup. However, I must say I am extremely disappointed in the performance of one Josh Donaldson. That's right, primetime, and I'm going to say he is not living up to what the Yankees' potential in in what they have in him. They need to get something into Josh Donaldson, and they need to do it soon. They do, or or should I say now? They, it needs to be done now, or should I say during the trade deadline? Trade him. What do you think about that, primetime? First off, I want to mention the pit, the Seattle pitcher that we were talking about who pitched this game, who did a decent job against the Yankees' bats, was George Kirby. Um, but in regards to Josh Donaldson, the team, the, the the stadium is booing him after one at bat when he does not come through. I would love to say trade him, but at this point. He's batting on the 200. He has less than 10 home runs. You can trade him, but what are you going to get in return? 
who is willing to take on Josh Donaldson and say, yes, I want this former league MVP to get on my team and hope that he will actually be able to produce with a new team. For me, I can't see any team that's going to be willing to take on Josh Donaldson on their roster. What the Yankees, I believe, need to do is just to find a suitable third base replacement. Somebody can field and hit decently. Not asking for A-Rod, the second coming of A-Rod, or even Scott Brocious. Just asking for something a little bit around that, a little bit less than Scott Brocious little bit less with some decent fielding. But I just, I didn't see it in tonight. Like, I, when Donaldson came up, I didn't see, I didn't have confidence in him. I had more confidence in Harrison Bader. I had more confidence with Glaber Torres than I do with Josh Donaldson. Anthony Volpe, he was trying all that I just don't he was just, Donaldson was lifeless. It didn't look like, from the at I saw, it looked like he was just trying to get the bat on the ball. He wasn't trying to drive it with any power. He didn't seem confident. I do believe at this point we might be seeing the end of Josh Donaldson's career. But nonetheless, it was a Yankees win. Another come close behind Yankees win. Another come close Yankees win. Three to one. And of course, Clay Holmes picks up the save. And Garrett Cole picks up another win, which his record is now eight and one for the season. In addition, we were able to see Garrett Cole's 100 strikeout this season. Now, with an 8-1 season, an ERA of the 300 Ks on the year, Kid Champagne, do you feel that Garrett Cole is in line so far for A, an all-star berth, and B, the Cy Young? All-star berth? Yes. Cy Young, when, I, when he gets to 10 wins, I think so. I think he could be. I think he's going to be the AL Cy Young winner this year. I. I mean, and any time that I feel when um, we saw Garrett Cole at least twice this season, this season, correct? Prime time. That's correct. Now, each now, in the last one, he did not get the. He didn't get the decision. Was I think for how? But it was a come from behind. But still. But Garrett Cole is consistent and solid, just like he was tonight. He was solid. And I have the confidence, the, the pitchers that I have confidence is, is Peraza, Garrett Cole, and Clay Holmes. Um, I don't, I mean, we'll see once um, Nestor Cortez comes back. I hope he's not on the injured list for long. And... We'll just have to see. Another thing tonight, this is a new edition. It is going to be called Stadium Eats. 
Now, Primetime and I, we didn't, we didn't have that. You know, we had what we have tonight. You know, Yankee Stadium is full of great concessions. Don't you think so, Primetime? Not only are they great, but they're very, they're very, they have a lot of variety, is what I want to say. There's a lot of variety. You can get almost anything that you so deserve from the concession stands at Yankee Stadium, from hot dogs to burgers to fries to chicken tenders to, to pizza to steak sandwiches. There's a lot of variety within the Yankees concession stand. Something there for everybody. And it's very interesting to go out and try these different foods that they have. And we did try a different food today, did we not get champagne? Yes, we did. Now, for one thing we had, we had access today to the Jim Bean Suite on the, on the terrace level. Um, if you do have access, I do recommend it. They do. You can get uh, free refills on sodas. You can also get uh, free snacks like popcorn and peanuts. But also they have like uh, a dedicated concierge line where you can order food right from the suite. And I do recommend it. And tonight we had the pizza. Yes, we had their brick oven pizza. I know. Yankee Stadium has pizza. And I got to say, it was a pretty good pizza. I love the brick oven charcoal taste of a brick oven pizza. Don't you agree, Prime Time? I definitely say that this pizza that we had captured that New York essence of a pizza. It tasted like, and Kid Champagne can probably attest to this, as can any person who was young and in New York, in New York City. It's 1 to 2 a.m., you're, it's Friday or Saturday night, you hit the clubs, you were dancing, you were having a couple beverages, and you're just walking the streets, you're about to head to the subway station, and you see the pizza store that's open, pizza's about two bucks a slice, if that, and you go pick up a slice, and it just hits the spot, it gives you that classic York taste, and that's exactly what this pizza took me back to. It took me back to a good old-fashioned New York pizza, and there's nothing quite like that taste. And also nothing like that taste is also with a nice, cold, frosty beer, and because it's the start of summer, you got to have a shock top with it. This is true. Shock top is delicious. And not only that, Yankees have their own beer named after them from Blue Point, the Pinstripe Pilsner. And that is also another beer to recommend. Absolutely. And so now, going through now, with the Yankees win, this now brings them to, actually, this keeps them towards the middle of the pack in the AL East. And the AL East is a very, very stacked division. With the bottom team being the Boston Red Sox, who um, still having a 500 and above record. Every team in the AL East has a 500 and above record. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. So with this win, 
the Yankees still stay in the hunt for the wild card. They're still 10 games back of the Tampa Bay Rays, who everybody remembers their absolutely hot start in the beginning of the season when it seemed like they could not lose a game. So now, at this point, Yankees are still within the wild card. Now, Kit Chiffin, do you think that the Rays will continue to continue to hold their lead on the AL East, or will the Yankees or another team be able to overtake them before the end of the season? I am hoping for this case, but I gotta admit to you on this one: the Baltimore Orioles are getting hot. When we saw tonight, they were beating the Tampa Bay Rays. So it's still anybody's race, but I can see the, the Baltimore Orioles making a run for it. And the Yankees will be there. Well, what, which will decide to me is what will the, will the Boston Red Sox be there? Or will it be the Houston Astros? And then let's not also take this to all, all this weight. The, the AL West is also in the heat, too. They're also competitive. You got the Anaheim Angels. I mean, I'm sorry, Los Angeles Angels. The, the Houston Astros. And you, all, and you also have the Seattle, Seattle Mariners. So that division is a very a complex division as well. Very true. So, moving down, moving down towards the end of the season, it'll be very interesting to see what comes out on top. Now, to switch gears for our oil wrestling fans, we know it's been a while since we've been back, and we know there's been a lot that has taken place. So, we want to go over this with you guys here tonight on our post game. Yankees edition because wrestling is year-round. There is no off-season for wrestling. No, there isn't. So there's always a perfect time to talk about wrestling. So now we have that. Let's get to the big topic, which is the new titles that were presented by WWE to their champions. You have Roman Reigns continuing his thousand-day reign as champion, but now the WWE Championship and the WWE Universal Championship have been combined to create the undisputed WWE Universal Championship with a new belt that is completely gold. Completely gold. It is gold completely. And then subsequently that undisputed WWE Universal Championship, which is on SmackDown, Asuka, the champion, the women's champion on SmackDown, was presented the WWE Women's Championship, which is also all gold, except instead of a black leather strap, it is a white leather strap. Then you have the champions on Raw. Everybody should know by now, if you're not well aware, there was a tournament 
in order to crown a new WWE World Champion. This this tournament was won by Seth freaking Rollins and was then presented with his new WWE World Championship. Now, for those who remember back to WCW days and also the days in which Eric Bischoff introduced the World Championship and subsequently gave it to Triple H, um, the belt that Seth Rollins carries is basically that belt, except there is a WWE uh, emblem in the center in black. Then, Rhea Ripley, who was the SmackDown Women's Champion, who was then on, was presented with the WWE Women's World Championship, which, similar to the Universal and WWE Women's Championship, is the same belt as the WWE World Championship, but it is has a white leather strap rather than a black leather strap. Now, Kid Champagne, this is a lot to take in. We have new belt designs. Uh, we have new t- name titles on these belts. What do you think about this new change within WWE? I don't feel like this change is it's still the same. Two champions, one on Raw, one on SmackDown. You're just eliminating the SmackDown brand, which I can get it with one being... Just a simple WWE Championship and World Championships. Now, there's still t- now still the tag team titles are still not considered split and unified. The undisputed it's still considered the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships. The thing is, is it's been going on for so long. They unify them and then they split them. It's been back and forth for so many years. And to, but the, still the same thing is how it is, that they had to make a world champion because the W, and I do get it, the WWE fans want to have like a champion that fights for them. But you, and day in and day out, that's what a champion is. But then you put him around Roman Reigns and he's not really fighting as a champion for so long. But still he is the guy to beat because he was, the champion, and then you decide to split it. So what does the undisputed universal championship mean now? Now you have, and then you have the world championship. I still feel like Seth Rollins, that's just a consolation prize. So are we, so is he the true world champion, or is it Roman Reigns? What do you think, prime time? Well, I would think that even though Seth Rollins is a very credible world champion, he has held the WWE Championship, the Universal Championship, and now the WWE World Championship. He's a former NXT champion, Triple Crown winner. He is very well established. He has beaten Roman Reigns. He has beaten Brock Lesnar. That championship is for Seth Rollins to Elevate is a brand new championship. It needs to be elevated. Seth Rollins is the person to elevate that. Is it a consolation prize at this point? Yes. 
I would say so. Seth Rollins needs to elevate that championship to the point that you can understand the importance and what people will do in order to win that title. Now, transitioning from that, and as I say, what people will do to win that title, we do have a very big, but not one of the big four, not yet at least, pay-per-view coming up in which is called Money in the Bank. Which some believe it is considered a big show of one of the big five. I still don't believe it. If you wanted to know which one is that would make the fifth of Big Five, you bring back King of the Ring. Very true, very true. Now, Money in the Bank, even though it's not one of the Big Five, it still has a very important match within it, which is the Money in the Bank ladder match in which superstars male, in one match male and the other match female, compete. For the money in the bank briefcase. This briefcase allows them to cash in on any champion at any time they want. And let's just say we're referring to this literally any championship. Anyone. As we saw last year when Austin Theory attempted to cash in on then U.S. champion, I believe it was Seth I believe it was Bobby Lashley at the time. It was either Bobby Lashley or Seth Rollins. Um, I do know that Theory was unable to win the championship, but now he has since won the championship and is on SmackDown. So, this year, in the men's Money in the Bank, we have Butch from the Brawling Roots. We have Ricochet. We have Shinsuke Nakamura. We have Santos Escobar from the Latino World Order. We have everybody's new favorite megastar, L.A. Knight. Yeah. And finally, we have the new entrant that was just found out recently this week, if not yesterday. The social media star, Logan Paul. Now, as I said before, it's up to somebody to show the importance of this championship, of the WWE World Championship. What I believe is that the Money in the Bank winner will wind up cashing in on the WWE World Champion, whoever it may be at the time, and winning that title. Now, Kid Champagne, I'm very curious to know. Who do you think will be walking out of London with the money in the bank briefcase? If you really want to think about it, prime time, I think it's going to be Logan Paul. Here is why. There is a rivalry going on between him and Seth Rollins. We saw how it happened at WrestleMania. Now, it could only make it, it makes perfect sense to me. He gets the Money in the Bank briefcase, cashes in on Seth Rollins, and he becomes the world champion. How predictable can that be? Now, that 
very good point that you made. And I could very well see that happening. It would be one of the... It would be almost David Arquette-ish when you... And, and if the fans don't know... If some fans don't know what I'm talking about, once upon a time, back in WCW days, the actor... David Arquette once won the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. In a promotional stint for the movie Ready to Rumble. But still, in the record books, it shows that David Arquette was the WCW World Champion. A championship held by Ric Flair, Sting, Kevin Nash, Goldberg, Diamond Dallas Page, Booker T, um, a name people may not like to hear, but I'm going to mention it anyway. That's fine on this show. Chris Benoit, Sid Vicious, Scott Steiner, and then even when it was brought over to WWE as part of the Alliance invasion, Kurt Angle, The Rock, and then that lineage ties into when it was just the World Championship Edge, Undertaker, Mark Henry, Randy Orton, Christian, Alberto Del Rio. There have been very, very many great wrestlers to hold that title. And yet, in that record book, David Arquette's name is in there. So I cannot put it past WWE to give Logan Paul, who's better than David Arquette because he can actually wrestle and he's actually wrestled Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship and he has wrestled Seth Rollins in a WrestleMania match. I could not put it past WWE to give him a world championship. What a big buzz it would be. However, I do believe that the winner of that briefcase will be Butch. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> no offense to Butch, former NXT champion, former Cruiserweight champion. It's not going to happen for Butch. No, I do think they will give it to the Megastar, L.A. Knight. Because with that briefcase gives him more star power to talk and bloviate and just continue to hold on to the briefcase. Gives him more promo time. Do I think he will cash in and win a world title? No. I think he will be one of those to go in the annals of Damian Sandow, Baron Corbin, Austin Theory, John Cena, to win the Money in the Bank briefcase and fail to cash in. Let's, we will see what happens on Money in the Bank. Speaking of Brian Corbin, he is back in NXT and a new shit in a new stint to try and take on for the NXT Championship. Let's try something new with Brian Corbin. 
Yes, Baron Corbin has been been kind of just like kind of just seeming loserish at this point. He was in the program with he was happy, you know, he was loser Corbin and then he became happy. He was King Corbin when he won King of the Ring. Oh, that was happy. horrible when we saw him in the King of the Ring tournament. Well, let's let's go back even further. So Baron Corbin wins a United States Championship. Yay. Then he won money in the bank. Then he failed to cash in on one of the worst WWE champions of all time, Jinder Mahal, due to John Cena. Then he won King of the Ring, which was awful. Then he became Sad Corbin because he lost all his money. Then he became Happy Corbin in which he gained a whole bunch of money. Then he was mentored by the wrestling god, JBL, which turned out to net him nothing. So at that point, JBL threw him to the side like he was garbage and then vanished back into his Hall of Fame obscurity and then it became just Baron Corbin there. And now he's back in NXT to wrestle for the NXT championship against Carmelo Hayes. Sadly, I do not think he will be winning the title. Um, just because he's Baron Corbin. And he tends to lose a lot. He tends to have big moments. Oh, I believe Baron Corbin also won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Yes, he did. Yes, he won that too. So Baron Corbin can have big moments, win tournaments, and briefcases. But Baron Corbin just can't seem to win the big one in order to get a world title. So I believe this will be much of the same. Baron Corbin will go for top tier championship and lose. What are your thoughts, Kid Champion? Baron Corbin is one of the worst wrestlers ever. I mean, it's like I, I just he has no charisma. And another wrestler that I feel like he was underrated just one of those underrated performers. And another one that I feel like was underrated, Stevie Richards. That's another one. Yeah. He, he's on the line of Stevie Richards. You had his moment of fame when it was for, um, when it was for, uh, the right to censor. Yes, 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 that's right. That's it. At least right to censor was a little bit funny. Yep, it was. You had a, you had the Good Father, you had the Ivory, you had Bull Buchanan. You know, it was a faction. Baron Corbin's not been involved in any faction. You put him in a faction. Maybe that will do something. But no, I have no confidence in Baron Corbin. Just like I have no confidence in Josh Donaldson and the Yankees. Very true. That's a very big... Those are two very closely related... Um, sad things that are, you know, 
that that just they they just they just seem to disappoint. They had their big moments and now they're just kind of behind. They're just really behind at this point. And for that all, it's been such a great time for this. Um, the next game is the um for our on the road series. We're gonna have a nice special um uh, time for this. Um, Primetime and I will be going for our next Yankee Stadium venture at, for the Subway Series. And that is going to be one heck of a matchup. We plan to do what will be a pregame on the road and hopefully postgame on the road victory. And we will be back and there'll be more addition. We'll have a stadium each review for this and exciting times coming. Also, we are going to be having, uh, we will be talking more on a, that. We'll have another episode coming up with the Money in the Bank prediction show. We gave you a preview tonight. We'll have more. We're going to go into it with all matches coming forward. Until then, thank you for joining us and more surprises and more excitement is yet to come, coming soon. Prime time. I'm excited for the ventures that are going to be coming up for this. Oh yes, we definitely have a lot to go through. We have our in, our in-game Yankee series to continue on as we go through the go through the journey of the Yankees throughout this MLB season to see if they can qualify for the postseason. In addition, we also have the WWE. Lots of changes have just been put in place. It's now up to see what WWE does with these changes in order to make their product just a bit more exciting. Yes, exactly for what it is. And until next time, this is Kid Champagne. And this is Primetime. Kid Champagne and Primetime signing off.